This is a show about getting spooked for fun, and neither one of the hosts are associated with the attractions discussed in any way, except for those skeletons in Devin's closet. Some topics may go from ghoulish to ghastly, so viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to The Great American Scream. Oh my god. Oh. I was sitting here trying to think of a good funny intro for the podcast, and here you come in with your ghost busted antics. I, I want to know if there's something strange in your neighborhood. I I live in Manhattan, so probably. Probably something. A few things are strange in my neighborhood. Uh, there is a, uh, a, a car garage two doors down from my place uh, that has a stuffed dog, um, but not like a stuffed animal dog, not like a taxidermy dog, not like an accurate dog, just a stuffed facsimile of a dog laying okay. as, if a, as if he were at some point a guard dog, but he can't be a guard dog because he's stuffed. Okay. Is there something strange going on in your neighborhood, Adam? Not stranger than that, but okay. I guess then my follow-up question is that who are you going to call? Um, I I guess I could call. It would be weird to call my super about that kind of thing because it, it's more of a mental threat that I feel when I'm walking psychic home damage. and the garage door is open <laughs> and I take psychic damage from this 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 not dog in my neighborhood. Um, could I possibly call Ghostbusters if they're available? They're really busy. Yeah, this are they time in New York? Yeah, they're they in New York. Okay. The firehouse. For some reason, I thought they were in Chicago. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That fire. We've. I. I've been with you when we passed by that firehouse. Wait, the, <laughs> the but movies based are these on. the are these the good the good Ghostbusters or the 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 Ghostbusters who are men? Which Ghostbusters are we talking both, about? Both Ghostbusters are in New York. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, anyway, this is a great American scream. Hello, my name is Devin Wright. My name is Adam O'Connell. Um, and interestingly, like. Since we're talking about ghosts, I found a cool statistic, a statistic that kind of surprised me. And oh, this, it's, it's math corner. This statistic is that as of October 2019, 45% of Americans believe in ghosts. I really thought you were about to say 45% of Americans consider themselves to be ghostbusters. Uh, <laughs> are qualified, <laughs> trained, licensed ghostbusters. Um, that statistic is like only slightly surprising to me. That's because, pretty like, darn high. I feel like there's definitely a subset of the populace who are like not religious like myself, but are pro-ghost. Okay. And I bet it's a larger group than people think because when people te- tend to think of atheists, they think of like those annoying YouTubers who are like secretly fascists, but they just like to poop on religion all the time. But most of us are just kind of uh, don't believe in a God, but maybe ghosts are there. Yeah. You know? But that... That does mean that, like, if you don't believe in ghosts, half the people, almost half the people that you know probably do. Yeah, look to your left, look <laughs> to your right. All of you believe in ghosts. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I think... Well, wait, wait, um, I have a better one. Look to yeah. your left, look to your right. One of those people believes... If you don't believe in ghosts, one of those people does, and the other one is a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I also think, like, so... This is, I think, slightly surprising just because of the number, but also ghost hunting shows. Like, they're yeah. not as popular now with the advent of like true crime and stuff, but ghost hunting really had like a peak in like the late aughts. It was yeah. big. 
it had its day for sure. I felt yeah. like it was again, it's this weird this weird simultaneous like I felt like they were always on after Mythbusters, which is so yeah. odd because Mythbusters is like a show about debunking silly stuff and ghosts are kind of silly. So after the show where they debunk stuff, then they're like here's some other silly stuff that we're going to not debunk, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um and, and- yeah, I still think that ghost shows have their kind of um, their appeal. Um, like the only thing that's coming to right mind right now is BuzzFeed Unsolved, but rightfully so because that show is huge in yeah. the true crime and supernatural like subset of the internet, and rightfully so. It's pretty darn good, even though it is BuzzFeed. Um, right. It's still not anymore, but yeah, yeah, not not quite so anymore, but it's still pretty darn good. Um, the host rock. But so America, it, it basically had just shown that Americans can't really look away from these ghost shows. Like we still love them. Or even if you don't in believe general. in them, <laughs> even yeah. if you don't believe in ghosts, like there's still this kind of appeal to ghost hunting shows. Yeah. And it's all the, it, it all comes back to this like American thing where we are totally fine with knowing ghosts aren't real, but believing in them anyway. And yeah. like you watch a ghost hunting show because you're like, I know that these people aren't actually hunting ghosts, but I'll buy into this for 22 minutes. Yeah. It's like, fun to watch fine. people run around and like scream on night vision cameras. That's very fun it's, to do. It's fun to watch people who because like I, we may get into this. We may not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't look at the outline. I'm not professional. Um, but like there definitely are like certain cultural traditions that have to do with with ghosts and and uh uh the dead especially dead relatives or ancestors but like there's something about we like watching people who know ghosts aren't real pretend that ghosts are there which is what a ghost hunting show is okay yeah yeah, yeah. Like, like these people fully believe that ghosts aren't real and they're there for the grift and we kind of like watching people work their grift as long as it's not affecting us that's fair you know yeah but so and like thinking about psychics. this kind of like ghost hunters, ghost adventures, kind of late aughts kind of show, I started to get curious about what like there 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 was ghost hunting before this, but I have I have no idea what it looks like if it's not it looked people like screaming pre- on <laughs> night vision cameras. Pre- we don't know what pre Y two K ghost hunting is. Yeah. Nobody does. So, uh, side note, slightly off the podcast, I'm not going to cut it out because I don't feel like it. Okay. Have you watched the Ghost Adventures video by Jenny Nicholson? No, but I've watched other Jenny oh, Nicholson videos. It's incredible. Uh, highly recommend. Anyway, back to the She's podcast. Uh, but yeah, uh, I so I started to research this a little bit, kind of like the history of paranormal investigation and ghost hunting, and it's pretty buck wild. Um, I would love at some point to do an episode about like parapsychology as a whole, but for now I want to focus specifically on paranormal investigation and ghost hunting because yes. it has a rich storied history that is full of exposures and betrayal. Hell yeah. Just like, wait, I'm going to, there's a little, I'm going to do a comedy bit. Okay. Choo, choo, oh, everybody hop aboard the ghost train. Let's get on it and go back in time throughout Great. a history of ghost hunting. Yeah. That's um, my we're gonna new hop- character. The, the ghost what, train. the ghost train conductor? Oh, I guess it's two new characters. The ghost train conductor and the ghost train itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ghost hunting as a major field of study or paranormal investigation as a field of study originates from around the 18th century in um, mostly like the United Kingdom uh, and the like the British Isles. 
Um, one of the most prolific early paranormal investigation groups was the Society for Psychical Research, uh, founded in 1882 by a founding committee at the British National Association of Spiritualists. We talked about spiritualism a little bit in the Ouija episode, how mm -hmm. like the belief in ghosts and the belief in the ability to communicate with the dead was not a new thing. Like this, right. especially around the Civil War, like post-Civil War is really where it started to take off. Because, because everybody was dead. Exactly. Everybody because knew somebody who was dead. Yeah. So um, uh, this is kind of really where it took off. So spiritualism was totally a thing. But about now is when we start to think of, OK, if we can, we can talk to ghosts, but like, can we? Of see, course like, we can talk to there ghosts. There has to be some science attached to this. Like there must be a scientific reason why ah, we can talk to ghosts. That's a really good part of history. When when people were still believing in wild stuff. But because science was like really starting to ramp up, they were like, well, I believe this thing. So I know it's true. Time to find the science that proves it. Like pretty that's much. Just, yeah. That's good. Um, it, the first president of the uh, Society for Psychical Research was Henry Sidgwick, who is a utilitarian philosopher. Um, and oh, the purpose. The names. The names yeah. are so good. The names are going to get better. Like, Society of, Phys of, of Psychical Research is wild and weird. Not a word, but good for you. <laughs> Henry Sidgwick that sounds He's like a bad good. guy in like a what's the 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 treehouse that goes through time magic treehouse books magic treehouse it sounds like a bad guy in one of those <laughs> so the purpose of the organization was to quote to approach these varied problems without prejudice or prepossession of any kind and in the same spirit of exact and unimpassioned inquiry which has enabled science to solve so many problems once not less obscure or less hotly debated I love that so much. Yeah. Like, first of all, of course you can't approach these problems prepossessed because then you already know that ghosts exist because yeah. you're possessed. Yeah. And, and uh, unimpassioned is something that ghost hunters have lost. I would say that all ghost hunters now are very passionate. Yeah. So basically the, the idea of this organization was that all science is created equal, whether it's psychical or paranormal or whatever is that science is science and we're going Oof. to apply the scientific method and and scientific studies to this as if any other thing because like okay that evolution was happening at the same time so yeah yeah that's the the pseudoscientists today don't don't do that last part they just say that all science should be equal and then when you say okay then let's use the scientific method and they go no no um so it basically primarily focused on hypnotism telepathy apparitions haunted houses seances and also the idea of a vital life force or like a soul that of course could be i guess removed from humans the breath of god yeah, yeah. um so the SPR actually coined the term telepathy, uh, specifically member of uh, Frederick W. H. Myers. Um, they I don't think I don't know if they had a word for it before this, but the reason that we use telepathy as the word meaning communicating through the mind is because of this dude, which is interesting. I mean, tele means between and path kind of means mind. Yeah. Um, so one of their first works was the two-volume Phantasms of Living, published in 1886, which documented ghosts and apparition sightings and the possibility of communicating with them. This journal was actually generally accepted by the scientific community, not entirely. Like, it was, of course, criticized um, that it did not Probably. have enough evidence to support its claims, which is basically, like, the biggest thing about... Um, uh, a lot of paranormal investigations, but like scientists at this time, like scientists could also be spiritualists. Therefore, this right. was not as much of a stretch for them. Yeah, there was 
this was again that time when you know science and and science was still kind of magical because of how how good it, how how early we were in the era of dis, like scientific discoveries that science had discovered some wild stuff and so people were like of course science can prove ghosts like yeah. it, it's a it's like a like how today there are people who have faith in science in kind of a like bad way where they're like science will do everything and we don't have to worry about it there were definitely people back there that were like yeah science is whack and magic and it's super good and obviously ghosts are real yeah that tra- that all tracks for me yeah this wasn't a really big stretch like it was a little bit of a stretch but not like un- not an unrealistic one um, so the SPR went to publish multiple works in the early 19th century and launched a lot of investigations into famous like haunting and ghost cases like the Enfield Poltergeist and the Borley Rectory. Um, but honestly, a ton of their work was in myth busting and medium debunking, very specifically medium debunking. Yes. Um, but like, don't get too excited because their whole thing was not like mediums aren't real. It was well, right. you specifically are not a real media. Yeah. Like we know what it's, real mediums look like. Yeah, exactly. And you're not no, one. It's 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 that happens today in the medium community because people are like, of course, there are real mediums and real seance seances that you can do. But Teresa Caputo is not one like that. So tracks. That makes so much sense. Yeah. So they spent a lot of time exposing fake mediums and trick seances. Um, they allegedly had a very strict standard of proof. I was not able ah. to like find in my research what that like proof what was. that proof was. But apparently it was uh, so strict that. Um, so they 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 once debunked a very high profile medium named William Hope, which led to SPR member Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, noted Ugh. author of Sherlock Holmes, to why lead did you a, wait to tell us that to lead a noted mass member. lead a mass resignation of eighty four members of the society, accusing them of being anti spiritualism and for their uh, their like parameters of what's a real medium being way too strict. Hell yes. A bunch of people got together and were like, let's use science to prove spiritualism. And then as the science started to come in, there were two camps, people who were who were like, spiritualism is real and this is the goal. And the other people were like, I'm starting to think that science is disproving this thing. And they're like, all right, that's where the science goes. Good for them. That's so cool. Um, So and by the early 19th century, many spiritualists had left the SPR, like labeling it as an anti-spiritualist organization. Yeah, I I guess they were doing science. Yeah, and they're not happy about it. The SPR still exists today. Good, good. Um, they skeptics continue to pretty relentlessly dunk on them. However, they say on their website they don't hold a stance on whether or not this phenomena is real, like paranormal phenomena. They just exist to research it. Which their founder was a utilitarian. Of course, that's the whole idea. Yeah, it's like well, science is dispassionate. Whatever. Yeah, and also. Anybody older than 16 can join the SPR and there are discounts for students and senior citizens. Um, Membership gets you access to their library, their lectures and events and the quarterly issues of their journal. And it's only 30 pounds annually because it's a UK organization. That's so good. That's like three dollars a month. Yeah. To to get like access to a ton, a ton of research. I'm going to cancel my subscription to the New York Times and join join the SPR instead. So how do we get from the SPR to Ghost Adventures is, was, I guess, then my next question. So okay. 
One of the first major published works about ghost hunting specifically, kind of like getting documented proof that I saw ghosts and ghosts are real, um, was called Confessions of a Ghost Hunter, who uh, was written by British psychic Harry Price in 1936. Uh, Now, Price was a longstanding member of the Ghost Club, another British paranormal investigation that actually- Oh, I love that. uh, Yeah, they were another British paranormal investigation society that actually predates the SPR- because uh, it was founded Ooh. in 1862. That's so good. I love British people. I, you know, I don't want to come down on either side on British people. Uh, certain people I know are very anglophobic, and you know, it works for them. But <laughs> <laughs> specifically, the way they name stuff is so good. Just being like, yeah, we're a bunch of people who love ghosts. We're the Ghost Club. That's yeah, it. I That's would get that called. on like the back of a Letterman jacket. That'd be so good. That The Ghost Club is what we should have called this podcast, Adam. <laughs> you can't. It still exists. We Well, that's true. But, I mean, would they really come for us? I don't I know. Just, I'm so into it. It's, it's great. I love it. And I also, like, I want my question for this podcast that I've just come up with almost 20 minutes in is, what's the difference between ghost hunting and ghost busting? And I that's think... the question I'd like us to answer at the end of this podcast. Keep going. Okay, great. Um, so... Two of the founding members of the Ghost Club were Charles Dickens and Arthur Conan Doyle, um, obviously. (laughs) So they dissolved in the 1870s after Dickens died because he was apparently kind of like the vital force of this club. But it has had some revivals. It was notably revived by uh, Harry Price in 1937, and they still exist today. They meet annually, although they're not nearly as prolific as the SPR. As The, the SPR is kind of more accepted as like the scientific organization. The Ghost Club yeah. is a little more pseudoscience-y. Um, cur- uh, mem- current and past members of the Ghost uh, Club, W.B. Yeats and Peter Cushing. Hell yes, from Peter the Star Cushing. Wars. Yes, absolutely, Peter Cushing. Oh, my God. Current member of the Ghost Club. So um, Price, uh, in addition to being a member of the Ghost Club, was also a member of the SPR. um, And he would use his knowledge of stage magic to debunk fake mediums because he used to be a stage magician. Um, That is so good. That's every young magician's (laughs) dream. It's a very, like, Penn and Teller uh, kind of. Uh, but so he was actually the one that. Libertarian. Yeah, that that libertarian (laughs) man. Um. He was actually the one to expose William Hope, which is what caused uh, Arthur Conan Doyle to resign from the SPR. So they had a rift, obviously. Oh, my God. Um, So he would then go on to leave the SPR and then formed the National Laboratory of Psychical Research in 1926 Ah, to rival them specifically. Very good. Basically, yeah, he definitely made the same thing, but he's like, now I'm in charge and I want to run you all out of business. Um, and then he went on to uh, have several public debi- uh, disputes with the SPR, uh, exposing fake mediums that they endorsed as real. Yes. And then they would do the same to his mediums. I love that so much. This yeah, is great. I, I really love how all this is like, you're a fraud, not because mediums aren't real, because they are. It's just that yeah. you specifically suck. That's so good. I love that so much. I'm so like, I wish I had more goofy joke things to say about this, but this is just an exciting story so that I'm very much enjoying. So uh, Price would broadcast his experiments on radio and on television, often from haunted places such as the Borley Rectory, which uh, he famously rented for an entire year just to live in and do work in. Um, It's considered one of the most haunted uh, buildings in in England. Um, 
And he would ask so-called mediums to perform their powers under specifically requested circumstances. Consequently, none of said mediums were ever able to prove their abilities under Price's circumstances. And I read a couple of case studies for some experiments that he uh, conducted. And um, I would like to uh, give some details about his most illustrious case because it is yes, buck wild. Please. So um, this was the case of Helen Duncan, who was a pretty famous medium at the time that he put to test in 1931. So... During her seances, she would regurgitate this tube of ectoplasm, like this long white tube yes. from her uh-huh. mouth, which okay. Price suspected. Like I want you, I want you to think of like the clown pulling like the rags well, out. It was like right. a continuous tube of tube of um, just a long ectoplasm. white tube. Yeah. Of so ecto- okay. Price uh, suspected it to be a roll wait, of cheese. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. What? Cheese cloth, not cheese. <laughs> to what end? Like why? Mean? Why did she regurgitate along to ectoplasm? What? 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 To what? For what purpose? In in talking to ghosts is a long tube of ectoplasm. When she regurgitated I, it, did she like roll it out and it had a message from the ghost? Like, no, what? I don't think what? it assisted her in talking to the goats. I think it the goats the ghosts. I think it assisted her in convincing the rest of the table that she was talking to the ghosts. <laughs> It wasn't for the ghosts. It was for them. Unrelated. They're unrelated. She's like, of course I could talk to ghosts. Sorry. It's like a side effect of talking to ghosts. She's like, but okay, that one makes sense. I, the idea that she was just like, y'all don't believe me? Watch this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So she, uh, Price suspected that it was a roll of cheesecloth that she was hiding in her mouth and then producing. So That makes sense. He wanted to x-ray her. And she, after performing one of like her seances, because I guess that she was sorry, this is kind of yuck. I guess she was like able to like stuff it down her throat and then pull it right. back out, which is like, ew. But so Price wanted to x-ray her. Isn't that what the, the scarves do? I guess. I actually have never known how the scarves anyway. work, but that's yucko. Um, <laughs> Adam thought they were magic. Up until <laughs> I thought it was point. magic. Um, so she reacted so violently at attempts to x-ray her that she ran out of the laboratory and made a scene out on the street until her husband had to subdue her, which, of course, ruined the controlled oh. environment of the experiment. So. They had to test her again. And the way they tested her is they had to strap her to a chair so that she wouldn't while she was doing the seance. So she wouldn't like run out. So um, there was she's sitting in this chair, strapped to this chair. There's half a dozen men in lab coats with standing there with scissors, just waiting for her to start regurgitating ectoplasm. And she (laughs) does. Give us the plasm. (laughs) And she does. And they basically have to wrestle her and each other to snip off a piece of the tube as it's coming out of her throat. And then when she saw that that's what was about to happen, she then swallowed the rest of it. Power. But they got a piece. What else did did she think was going to happen? I don't know. You have 12 men standing around you with scissors. I, I like to think they were hiding the scissors. I like to think they were hiding. (laughs) <laughs> she thought she was just strapped to a table. Um, she started screaming and then swallowed the rest of it. But they managed to get a piece of it. And they found that um, it was uh, paper soaked in egg white. It was a big paper tube that she had soaked in egg white. Hell yeah, girl. Get your <laughs> grift. Good for you. Yeah. I love that. Uh, she was pretty famously put on trial for fraud in 1944. And Price submitted this experiment as evidence against her. Um, and then she was jailed for nine months for being oh a my god. <laughs> I, uh, uh, kind of a side note, um, I'm a big fan of getting x-rayed, uh, this is just a fun fact about me, but do you know why? Why? 
Because of the heavy baby bib you get to wear. <laughs> you get to wear the big heavy, like at the, the dentist. Heavy baby bib. Yeah, that's the only it's like place. Like a weighted I, blanket, but it protects you from radiation. Yeah, it's a heavy baby bib, just in case I spill some of my some of my goop on there, some of my Gerber's baby formula that the dentist feeds me every time I go. That part might not be kosher, but uh, I, <laughs> I love. How when that happens, they're like, oh, don't worry, it's safe. Now I'm going to go to the next room. <laughs> I'm going to go out of the room. While you get these x-rays done. Like, yeah, if it's if it's really, if this bib is prote- protecting me, why don't you get a heavy baby bib <laughs> and stay in the room? Yeah. Um, why don't you come lay down on this chair with me? I'll share my heavy baby bib and we can press the button from here. So, yeah, Harry Price rocks, just for the record. Um, Friend of the pod. Really great. Um, also a fan of Helen Duncan, even though she's fake. Because like, oh, the, I'm, the chutzpah with this woman. Yeah, I'm not a fan of whatever that lady's name who the lady who killed her husband in Tiger King. That that. Oh, lady. Carol Baskin. Yeah, I'm not a fan of her, but I feel like Helen Duncan was kind of a Carol Baskin of her time. Carol. <laughs> and I'm pro Helen Duncan. <laughs> okay, so um, besides uh, Harry Price, one of the I think probably the best known paranormal investigators and the most kind of prolific in uh, modern ghost hunting are Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, their ca- the cases that they worked on became either the inspiration or the direct storyline for the Annabelle horror and all the films in the Conjuring universe. So all the Annabelle movies, Ooh. all the Conjuring movies, these are all cases that they worked on. I like that a lot. Yeah. So like the, um, con- the Conjuring was the first ever horror movie I enjoyed. It's an excellent, excellent horror movie. Excellent and it's a good film. first horror movie. Um, it's pretty scary, but like if you can handle it, it's a good first oh, horror it's good. movie. Um, so they lived in Connecticut and they founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, uh, which okay. is the oldest the ghost NESPR. hunting. Yeah, which is the uh, oldest ghost hunting group in New England. Uh, and they have researched over 10,000 cases over their career. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> That's too many. Wait, 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 wait. When did they found it? Um, they founded it in the 1960s, I believe. Okay, so let's give them like 50 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess almost 60. Yeah, late, probably almost. late 60s. Okay, so let's give us 60. So we'll give it, we're going to us 50 years. Yeah. That's, and, that's what? Um, what's like 2,000 cases a year? Prob- that's How? too many, Ed and How Lorraine. How do you do 2,000 cases a year? No, there's no way. Is it 200? I don't know. I, uh, but, I, hey, haven't, it's too I didn't many take though. math in college. <laughs> we're two gays on a podcast. Yeah, I haven't taken math in high school. Okay, so... Um, yeah, and they researched over 10,000 cases during their career. Ed passed away in 2006, and then Lorraine last year in 2019. Um, and, of course, Annabelle was one of their most prolific oh. and famous cases. Um, we talked about her the in the ha- yeah, we talked about her in the Haunted Dolls episode, but we'll mention her again. Um, so the story of Annabelle is that a student nurse was given this Raggedy Ann doll in the 1970s, yes. and then she reported that it started to, like, it freaked her out, and it started to act strangely so they called a different uh psychic not the warrens and the psychic was like oh bad, this bad doll is being possessed by a a little girl named annabelle like the spirit of a little girl and so this stu- this nurse and her roommate were like oh, okay well like we'll nurture the haunted doll we'll take care of her um as we all do yeah make sure she has like enough stimuli um food water shelter exactly broadband. Um, but so the student uh, but then they went on to contact the Warrens after um, the doll began to, what they say is act violently. Like they tried to be nice to this little girl, Annabelle. And they and were she like, was she's not having really it. mean. Um, she so, really wanted to go to Disney World and she didn't get the trip she wanted. 
Yeah. So the Warrens came investigated and decided that actually it was not the spirit of a little girl named Annabelle. It was a demon because when demons possess things, they um, often disguise themselves as spirits of children in order to gain like the trust of whoever. I feel like demons get get a bad rep. I feel like demons are just kind of around and just kind of chill people. And I think that maybe this is just a bad, a, 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 I almost said a bad word, a cuss word, which I don't want to do on this podcast. It's a family show. Um, just a kind of a, a stinky kid who's being a little stinker. Okay. And maybe demons are okay. Well, regardless, the Warrens <laughs> took Annabelle into their custody and um, uh, they moved and raised to- her. And, and who was that girl? Elizabeth Lauren. <laughs> See, I said demons are good. She would have been a great president. Yeah. Um, and of course, she went on to uh, inspire the Annabelle films in which she is not a Raggedy Ann doll because of and copyright. Um, yeah. yeah, the the Warrens were like primarily demonologists before Ghost Hunter specifically. Most of mm. the uh, you'll notice this pattern with most of their most famous cases is that they like get called because they think there's a ghost and they come like, no, 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 this ghost is actually a demon. This That's a basically demon? how Demonology was my favorite of those series of ology books that we read as kids. You know, Egyptology, oh, Dragonology. Demonology was the best one. I didn't I, have a demonology. I only had the Egyptology one. Adam, I have really bad news. Demonology was not a real Aww, book. Oh man. <laughs> I, I really it wanted was. to be real. That would have been really cool. I don't only think that would have passed muster. <laughs> For Christmas this year, my friend got me um, like a it's like a Lovecraft ology book. So it's like an encyclopedia Ooh. of all Lovecraft uh, creatures, yeah. mostly the ones that are in Call of Cthulhu, but like also other ones. So very exciting. Yeah. Can't wait to read it. Um, OK, so uh, another one of their most famous cases was um, the case that became known as the Amityville Horror because of the book um, uh, by Jay Anson. So for those who do not know the story of Amityville, it's that on November 13th, 1974, uh, Ronald DeFeo Jr. shot and killed six members of his family at 112 Ocean Avenue, Amityville, New York, which is on Long Island. Um, in December, why we don't go there. In December of 1975, George and Kathy Lutz moved into the home with their three children and left after 28 days, reporting that they had been terrified and tortured by paranormal phenomena. Then, after the investigation, it turns out they just didn't put in their security deposit, and the landlords <laughs> came and were not happy about it. Being hazed, that's why they by had the to leave. Um, so the Warrens came and investigated the house in March of 1976 with a crew from Channel 5 New York, which I think Hell this yeah. footage is still on YouTube, which is cool. Um, they took infrared time-lapse photographs, which allegedly showed a demonic bo- uh, young boy with glowing eyes standing at the foot of the staircase. But this photo was not released until, to the public until 1979. Okay, demonic young boy. So is it, again, a demon disguising himself as a young boy, or is it a young boy who is a demon? Because this I, is the problem I'm having. Okay. Is what if it's just a young boy ghost? And when they're I like, are you a ghost? A young, a young boy. boy ghost. <laughs> My father. Took me to a house in Long Island. Where <laughs> <laughs> I terrified some dudes. Uh, anyway, keep going. I'm Sorry. Just, I'm, <laughs> uh, my, my thoughts about demons are not fully formed. I'll get back to you. Okay. Um. So this story obviously became the subject of the 1979 film, The Amityville Horror, and then the subsequent remakes and sequels. And um, the Warrens' visit to this house was depicted in The Conjuring 2. I think it's like the opening scene is them. Is The Conjuring 2 the uh, the one where the grandmother puts the kid in the oven? 
I think that's two. Yeah, because it's it's conjuring conjuring two, and the third conjuring is called something else. Sure. Or the third conjuring has not come out yet. I'm I have no idea. Well, <laughs> I, if, it if could it be were the me, baby the conjuring. If if it were me, I would name the conjuring the conjuring, and it would have three eyes. Okay. That's my whole joke. Any particular reason why three? Uh, no. I just thought it would look good on a poster. Okay. I'm it's really, like half I'm not, I'm not much of a story guy. I'm more of a graphic design guy. Okay. <laughs> so, um, the house was eventually remodeled and the address has changed in order to discourage people from visiting the house. Um, and the house in Tom's River, New Jersey, which was used as the location for the film, uh, has been modified for the same reason. I've seen that house. Yeah. Um, there's like a hundred uh amityville movies i only ever remember like the first one about and to the say amityville houses like they're oh, no. just hundreds they just pop up across the well, country this house in tom's river was used for the first three amityville movies and then they changed uh houses the I house guess, oh okay a couple times um so in 1979 the same year that the warrens released their photo um some people think that they chose to release this scary photo this year because lawyer william weber claimed that he the author of the original book, Jay Anson, and the owners of the house had sat down to invent the story, quote, over many bottles of wine. Hell yeah, get your grift, y'all. So the, many think that the Warrens released this photo because um, of this of this story, that it was faked. So who knows? Good. I like that a lot. Good for the Warrens. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I said, many of their cases were chalked up to demonic possession, uh, including their investigations on the Enfield poltergeist and the trial of Cheyenne Johnson, the latter of which will be a plot point in the upcon- upcoming Conjuring movie, uh, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, uh, which is coming out next year, I think. Um, uh, Cheyenne Johnson was accused of killing his landlord in an attempt to plead not guilty by reason of demonic possession. Um, so mm. that will be the next Conjuring movie. I don't know if that's three. I don't know if that's four. I haven't been keeping track. Nobody's quite sure. Um, and then in addition to their work, Lorraine ran the Warren Occult Museum out of the back of their house in Monroe, Connecticut. Uh, it featured many artifacts from their cases, including Annabelle herself, who is kept in this like glass box. It said, like, do not touch all over it. Um, it unfortunately closed in 2018 due to zoning issues. Um, and since Lorraine wow. passed, <laughs> Lorraine passed away in 2019 and the future of the museum is currently uh, un- uncertain. I think the artifacts are in possession of their son-in-law. Um, oh, good. So hopefully they find a place for all this very cool stuff, especially Annabelle. These, these dang Democrats making all their zoning restrictions too strict. Yeah. This poor woman can't even run an occult museum out of the back of her home. Yeah. Out of um, her split-level duplex or salt box house. What the hell? So now that we're at like this, in this modern era of ghost hunting, um, it's gone back to this kind of entertainment genre rather than scientific study. Um, with shows like Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunters, Busted Unsolved, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and while there's no current, you know, I think because it's gone away from the science a little bit, there's no universal acceptance amongst ghost hunters of how to hunt a ghost, like what equipment yeah. to use and what methods to use. Although there are a few popular like modern tools and methods um, like the EMF meter, the electromagnetic field meter, which is like when you watch Ghost Adventures and they have that box that goes. Yeah, it's that's, it's it sounds like a Geiger counter, but it's for like they EM. do also use Geiger counters. So sometimes right, the Geiger because counter, obviously you being above a small deposit of uranium is probably just a ghost. Sometimes it's a Geiger counter. Sometimes it's an EMF uh, reader. And uh, 
to detect unexplained fluctuation in electromagnetic magnetic fields because I guess that means ghost. Ghost. Um, also dowsing rods, which um, are, we talked about, whenever we talked about psychic mediums, you talked about dowsing rods, those two L-shaped metal rods that you're like, cross if Jeffrey Dahmer is speaking to me and then the things cross and it's like, oh, it's the ghost of Jeffrey right. Dahmer. Uh, um, and those are also uh, dictated by like the... Uh, oh, we talked about it called, the, like Yeah, the psychomotor effect. Yeah, 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 the idea motor effect. Yeah. Um, also, thermographic cameras are pretty popular, used to detect and visualize temperature changes during an investigation. I didn't think ghosts would give off heat. No, um, they give off, they make cold spots. Oh, very cold yeah. spots. These are all also uh, along with the next one because I do have the outline up, which is the ghost box, which is yeah. like it's just a radio. Um, but uh, Phasmophobia is a video game that's become very popular, especially on Twitch, where you and three friends like each grab one of these tools and you go into a house and like try to find the ghost there and like, oh, yeah, categorize what kind this. of ghost it is. It's a very good game. Um, yeah, Ghost Box, it is a radio. Um, it has a frequency scan mode that allows uh, hunters to communicate with spirits. And the way that it works is that I think the spirits allegedly scan the surrounding radio frequencies to look for words or sound bites from different broadcasts which to is communicate so cool. what they want to say, which is very cool. It's very cool. I mean, I'm very impressed by these ghosts, like keeping up with the times. You know? Yeah, they do use that like, one on BuzzFeed Unsolved a lot. Like soon you like go you'll have to bring a laptop that's open to Twitch and then the the ghost will send out certain emotes. Yeah. And it'll be like Munka S and you'll be like, oh, the ghost is here. Yeah. Um, but so, oh, what, the ghost isn't here. What was this question that you posed? What's oh. the difference between ghost hunting and ghost busting? Okay, so I think ghost hunting is... You are setting out to. I think they're they they, they can they can co they can coexist. They can be one after the other because ghost yeah. hunting is you are specifically going out to find and prove the existence of said ghost and wherever you are hunting them. Ghost right. busting is therefore going in to destroy or 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 like or get rid of the ghost, get rid of said ghost. So most ghost hunters, like paranormal consultants, mm -hmm. would be considered both ghost hunters and ghost busters. Yeah, I think a lot of people like people like the Warrens, um, like and a lot of modern mediums and hunters will give you like methods of like, here's how to get rid of this poltergeist that's in your house or whatever. So in yeah. a way, they are also busters. We're all ghost busters. Really? And are, are we and all? We're all ghost hunters. We're all ghost hunters. We're all ghost busters. And we am all afraid of no ghosts. And we are dancer. <laughs> so there. This has been The Great American Scream. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rate and review on iTunes or a follow on Spotify. Also, we have a Patreon at www.patreon.com slash greatscreampod. We have tons of cool stuff. Our first sticker just went out. It's a scare safely yield sign. Uh, and next month we have a piece of art of the man in the fields, and it's very adorable, drawn by at ConductorGav on Twitter. Adam, can you pimp our social medias, uh, please, uh, if you would? Yes, you can check us out on Facebook at The Great American Scream or more frequently on Twitter and Instagram at Great Scream Pod. Um, send us if Adam's you have- Adam's been killing it with the tweets. <laughs> if y'all, if, if there's, you have your uh, your favorite ghost shows, 
um, or your your favorite ghost hunters, uh, please send them our way. You can tweet at us or post using the hashtag TGAS. And as always, if there's something that you would like to hear about on the show, uh, tweet it at us because your suggestion may become the topic for a future episode. Yes. A special thank you goes out to Michael Segudo, who does the disclaimer, as well as Stevie Viola, who does the intro and outro music. And also to our patrons, who I did not pull up today because I'm a big stinker man who doesn't prepare <laughs> for his own podcast. And now I'm going to continue talking until I get the list. I have the list. Thank you to Ben, Eric, Casper, Bree, Gail, Joyce, Brucker, Melinda, and Chris. Yes, thank you. We just hit a, another uh, Patreon goal. Thank you so much. Like, really? Yes. Like, Totally unexpected and totally wonderful of y'all to continue supporting the show like this. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, I don't want to drop the facade of being uh, the goofus to Adam's gallant, but uh, it really means a lot when people, uh, not only financial support, but, you know, just general support, uh, replying to tweets or liking tweets or uh, even, you know, downloading the episodes. Uh, it just, it makes us really happy. It's so much fun to make this. And as we go into yet another bizarre year of our lives in this new world this brave new world we're glad that you have chosen to spend at least some of your time with us so thank you i've been Devin wright i've been adam o'connell and hopefully you have been spooked but allegedly and under uh strict uh burdens of proof placed on us by harry price and not arthur kernan doyle screw that guy <laughs> that guy but do it safely 